My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated for just a moment. The Apostle Paul said, Be ye followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. What that means is being the example, and Pastor Kinsey is the epitome of that scripture. It's at church that our spirits are uplifted. We pray at church. We sing at church. The music director-pastor relationship is very unique in that you have to work together in the spirit. In other words, you have to flow together in every service in the spirit. And that's one thing that I really appreciate about Pastor and Sister Kinsey both is that they really want the mind of God. They want the spirit to flow in every service. And they need to know that church is more than just attending church. Church is about living for God every single day. To realize that he is just a, uh, a real person. He's, he's a, a normal human being, and he loves Diet Dr. Pepper. Because I'm needing him so much, I don't know what, what else I could have done. Pastor Kinsey has a, a two-pronged vision for the church, and that is, first of all, he wants the saints of First Pentecostal Church to have a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. You are waiting for the victory report before you sing your song. But God's telling me to tell you to get up out of that pew and sing solo now. And second of all, he wants the city of Pensacola saved. I still believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't grow himself, rather. He grows people in the church to be leaders. I don't think I would be where I am today without his guidance and leadership. During our mentoring sessions, I felt empowered because he was teaching me how to be intentional with my walk with God. It's kingdom-minded only before God and I want God's kingdom to come and I want it to advance in the earth. It's taught me to keep giving people more chances because you never know when something will connect with a person to where they get sold out for God. He truly is someone that whenever I am his age, I want to be just like him. In the last 20 years, we have gone to another dimension in that we are actually affecting people outside of Pensacola. Sister Kennedy really personifies what a true pastor's wife is. She upholds her husband in prayer. She walks with him, and they're in sync. And you can tell that on a, I, I'm privileged because I get to see on a day-to-day -day basis how they work together. How Matthew and I interact is based on what we've seen through Pastor and Sister Kinsey. They were not afraid to share their humanity with me and say, this is hard, ministry is hard. And because of that, it's helped, it helped equip me for the journey that was ahead. A wife is kind of like the legs that hold the husband up. Um, and I would say Sister Kinsey is a great support to Brother Kinsey, and she's so gracious. And I felt like just so honored and blessed 
but they took the time out for me. She was just so real and um, there was never a moment that she presented it as um, we are better than everybody and that's why we do this. It was just all about your relationship with God and she really connected that for me. She is, you know, a holy woman of God and there's no denying that, so. We stayed home with our mom and she made sure we were involved in the local church. Everywhere we lived, we were involved and that was number one in our home. That he preaches to us every, every service here now in 2020. He lived while I was a child. And I think what we live speaks louder than what we speak to our children. They recognize uh, the roots and the well that is First Pentecostal Church, especially in Pensacola. There is so much that he poured out. He genuinely cares. He knows that those books help people. I am glad that my family has been able to be under their leadership. And, and I will tell you that Pastor and Sister Kinsey, they are one of the most phenomenal ministerial teams that I've ever had the privilege of working for. I am just very thankful to have a pastor and a church. Thank you for second chances. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being patient <laughs> with me. It just makes me so happy to look back on the last seven years and, and so thankful that we were able to grow under their leadership. Pastor Kinsey has changed my life in that he actually taught me how to be saved. It wasn't just praying a simple prayer and just having simple faith in God. It was having an intentional walk with God where every day I'm pursuing Him. The past 20 years have been worth it, no matter the cost and the sacrifice. It has been worth it to speak to me and my children. I don't think that I can really articulate exactly what Brother and Sister Kinsey's ministry and their kindness and their giving nature has really meant to me. It is very humbling to, to serve him and Sister Kinsey. Kind, passionate. Kind humble. Awesome. Integrity. Reconciliation. Transforming. Sacrifice. Selfless. Let's give our pastor and Sister Kinsey, let's give them a hand right now. Pastor and Sister Kinsey, we did this without your permission. We'll suffer the consequences for it, but for a brief moment in this morning's service, the Bible tells us to withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. And I believe, speaking on behalf of First Pentecostal Church, it was in our power, in our hand, to bless you today. And we wanted to take that moment and thank you for 20 years of ministry at First Pentecostal Church. <laughs> 20 years of loving, 20 years of giving, 20 years of sacrificing, 20 years of mentoring, 20 years of caring, 20 years of blessing, 20 years of praying, 20 years of teaching, 20 years of reaching, 20 years of encouraging, 20 years of equipping, 20 years of rebuking.
sometimes when we need it. 20 years of exhorting, 20 years of exampling, 20 years of preaching, 20 years of diet, Dr. Pepper, 20 ever-loving years. We are thankful for every one of those years. She said, what are we doing? I have no idea what I'm doing. I was told to get up here and say something, but I was taken by surprise. Now I know why she texted me, where are you? <laughs> but I, did you know? Just last night. Just last night. So you got the revelation and I didn't. Her gifts are working better than mine. But I want to say to all of you, thank you for this 20-year opportunity to be able to serve this great church. I've told you this before, and I will say it again today. I had a lot of opportunities. I had a lot of places I could have gone and served, and I was asked to go to many different places, but I knew that this is where I needed to be, and I still consider it the greatest honor and privilege of all of the things I've been able to do in life. The greatest privilege is when Brother and Sister Welch gave me the honor to become the pastor of First Pentecostal Church and your blessing me and my family. I want to thank you for that privilege. I am also so very thankful. And I know this man better than you do. And I know that everything they said about him is true. And I can say that as someone who lives with him 24 seven. You know, I've never lived anywhere for more than five years. Never really knew where home was, but I can tell you now that this is home and you are our people. And like Dana said, these last 20 years have been worth every mile and we love you. One more time, give that hand. Thanks, appreciation, and love. Praise the Lord. I turn your attention to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 17. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 17. Following Hannah's pouring out of herself unto the Lord, the Bible says, Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up early in the morning, and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkina knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. The Lord remembered her. For just a few minutes this morning, 
The Lord has placed this word on my heart. God has not forgotten you. Recognize the truth today that you are not forgotten. Your prayers are before his throne. God has not forgotten his promises. And I believe this morning there's something that's going to happen in us that changes everything about us as we leave this place today knowing that my God has not forgotten my prayers. Would you put your Bibles down and lift your voice unto the Lord and would you just give him praise, thanksgiving for he is worthy right now. Jesus, we pray have your way. Minister in this place. Jesus, would you touch, would you bless, would you help and lift up in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord, all ye people. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Psalm 25 and 7. David makes this declaration. He says, according to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Even David desires and makes that statement that says, God, I I need you to remember me. I need you to remember that I'm here, Lord. I need you to remember, Lord, that, that I'm in need. I need you to remember that, that, that there is some promises still that have not been fulfilled. I, I need you to remember where I am and remember thou me. In other words, David was saying, God, don't forget me. Don't forget about me. In fact, Psalm 13, how long will thou forget me, O Lord? I like what David says because we get there. If you live for God any length of time, there are periods in your walk with God where you think, Lord, have you forgotten me? David said, how long will you forget me, O Lord, forever? Not a short period of time. How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Listen to the words of David declaring that he's in a position where his enemies have not quit they haven't given up and he feels as though God has forgotten him Lord don't let my enemies say that I'm prevailing against him don't let those that trouble me rejoice when when I am moved or feeling like I am forgotten but listen David said but I have trusted in thy mercy and my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation I will sing to the Lord why because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Every one of us will feel like at times that God has forgotten us. David said, the enemy still rises up against me, but I'm going to trust in your mercy. I'm going to rejoice in your salvation. My God, I'm going to keep my song, and I'm not going to give up my song because I may feel as though I'm forgotten because I know my God 
hasn't forgotten me. I'm going to sing. I'm going to praise. I'm going to worship my God. I'm going to trust in the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord, all ye people. Don't let the enemy take your song. Don't let the enemy take your trust in God. Make no mistake about it. The enemy will try to pressure you to, for, to think that God has forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. When you look at the scriptures, the Bible shows us that Hannah was blessed. She had everything it would seem to be that a woman would want. She had a home in Mount Ephraim. Her husband was a righteous man. He was a good man. Elkina, he honored her. The Bible says that he loved. Hannah. He was a good husband. He provided. He was faithful. He blessed her. And in fact, the Bible says when it came time to give in the offering, when it was time to sacrifice, that he gave her that double portion. Hannah was blessed with those, if you want to look at it this way, the material things in life. But there was something more that was making her unhappy. There was a longing in her soul. There was a desire in her heart that that no one could do anything about Elkina. All that he did was try to make her happy. But listen, that is a game. That is a pursuit that you will not win at. You cannot make anybody happy. Oh, temporarily, but you know what? It's got to be something more than that. Al kind of knew he couldn't, he couldn't make her truly happy. He loved her, and he tried to, to make things as best for her as, she can, as he could. The Bible says that he would even say, I, I've been better to you. Haven't I been better to you than, than ten sons? But there's a longing in Hannah's heart that says, I, I, I desire to have a child. When you look at the opposite end of that spectrum, you got Panah who is blessed. Now listen, both women under the same house, if you will, both of them are blessed, but Panina in her blessing becomes bitter. Watch out for bitterness in your heart. Panina had everything she wanted. She had the same house. She benefited from the blessings of her husband. She had those things that, that a woman would want. She even had more than Hannah in this respect that she had sons and daughters. But instead of being thankful for her blessings, watch this and be, well, let this be a warning for you and I today. But instead of having a thankful heart, instead of being compassionate, instead of being thankful for what she had in her life, uh, that she turned her heart into, into action, if you will, bitterness and jealousy against Hannah. Let me turn this toward this other woman. It has been said that Hannah had bitterness of soul, but Penina had bitterness of spirit. What a tragedy of someone who is so blessed. Even Solomon would go on to write, Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm, for love is strong as death. But listen to what he says about jealousy. He said, Jealousy is cruel as the grave, as coals thereof, or coals of fire which hath a most vehement flame. That jealousy of fire, that, that jealousy in Penina was directed toward Hannah. 
Hannah's barrenness was cause in and of itself for Hannah to be sorrowful. But now the Bible describes Penina as her adversary, who the scriptures declare provoked her sore. Her attacks were cruel. Her attacks directed at the very core of who Hannah was. The Bible says year by year she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her and therefore she wept and did not eat. Not only was Hannah tortured at home, but even when she went to the house of the Lord, the adversary didn't quit. And let me just declare this reality this morning, church, our adversary does not quit hasn't quit but what our adversary doesn't understand uh, that we're going to continue to fight the good fight of faith we're going to trust in the lord even though we may feel forgotten we know something more than our feelings Uh, we have a word that says he'll never leave us uh, nor forsake us (laughs) hannah had to deal with the constant provoking Provoking at home, provoking in the house of the Lord. Isn't it wonderful to have those people in your life that provoke you? They know the buttons to push. They know those things that trouble you. In other words, her goal was to make Hannah miserable. The more miserable she got, listen, the less appealing she would be to her husband. Look at the objective, though, of the adversaries provoking, and I think the church, we need a revelation of this. The obvious objection you would think of Penina would be that she wanted all this in order to have Alkina's attention and love, but there's something you need to see. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 1 and 6, her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret Because the Lord hath shut up her womb. The objective of Penina was for Hannah to begin to fret. Something would begin to eat away inside of her. Something would vex her. Something would cause her to worry. Something that would wear away at her every day. Fretting would destroy Hannah. Fretting will destroy you and me. Fretting will bring and produce the fruit that we don't want in our lives. Fretting would destroy her. Fretting would be a continual reminder for Hannah of what she does not have. The enemy knows exactly how to attack. And the enemy wants to attack you and remind you of the things that you don't have. How do we deal with that? How do we deal with that kind of attack? How do we deal with what the enemy's trying to do? Remember that when the enemy tries to put that pressure upon you, you need to replace that fretting. You need to replace that worry. You need to replace that anxiety when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like you can't go anymore, when you feel like I'm not praying anymore, I'm not, I'm not going to call a war anymore, I'm not, I'm not fasting anymore, and you begin to give 
into that voice that says, God's forgotten you. Everything you do, it's, it's for nothing. But listen, you need to fight against that. You need to fight against that spirit that says, go ahead and give up. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. I say, don't give up. I say, keep on praying. Keep on trusting. Keep your faith in God. And don't let it go. David said it so well. He said, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Why? They shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. In Psalm 37, the Bible says, look, there's four things you can do that you could, you could substitute fretting for. In other words, you feel that come upon your life. The psalmist said, you need to trust in the Lord. Where do you place your trust? Where do you place your confidence? He said, if you trust in the Lord, trust is powerful. Trust will keep you. Trust will anchor you. We're not just placing our trust in anything that man has come up with. We're placing our trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust a greater source for strength. I'm not going to trust my feelings, my emotions, that's a roller coaster in and of itself. But oh, the psalmist says, trust in the Lord. Lean on him. Rely on him. Be confident in the Lord. He also says, delight yourself also in the Lord. That means you've got to rejoice in God and what he has already done. Don't get wrapped up in the undone, but be thankful for what has already been done. Oh, delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way unto the Lord. That's a definite act of your will. It is releasing your own worries and anxieties unto the Lord and, and committing your path to him. Don't let the enemy take you off the path of this narrow road. It's the road that leads to everlasting life. The world is on that broad road where everything goes and anything goes. But listen, I don't want to be on the broad road, but I want to be on that narrow road. There may be some difficult times. There may be some valleys, but I say it's worth it being on that narrow road. The psalmist tells us the fourth thing that we are to rest in the Lord. And here's something we don't like to do. He said, not only rest in the Lord, but he said, wait for him. Amen. How many of you like to wait? There are some traffic lights in this town. <laughs> I make every effort. To find a different way. Because there are times you find some of those lights and you know that this is going to be the longest five minutes when I'm running late. We don't like to wait. Waiting goes against this flesh of ours in many ways. But the Bible tells us that you can rest in the Lord. And you can, you can wait for him and what is that? That's just simply waiting. That is submitting in silence and, and trusting that the Lord, he ordains everything. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wait and I'm going to be ready when it's time for my promise to be fulfilled. I'm going to trust in the Lord. In other words, if you look at Hannah's life, 
Everything about her on the outside was changed because of the turmoil that was going on in the inside. She was sad. She was cast down. Paul tells us, stop worrying and start praying. He said, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. What did he say? Let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You want to keep your heart? You want to keep your mind right? You need to get that peace of God. You need to pray and not faint. You need to pray and not give up. Why? Because there's peace that comes in trusting in the Lord. There's peace that comes when you place your trust in him. Oh, yeah, if you're looking at what has not been done, you will be disappointed. Remember, the enemy's attack was not only to fret, was not only to worry, but you got to understand there was another element of that attack to be mindful of. And that was when she poked, provoked her, and she was probably poking her as well, she wanted to remind her that the Lord has caused this. The Lord is the source of your barrenness. If the enemy can get you to fret, all of a sudden your attention now is on what the Lord is perhaps withholding, what God hasn't done, and I don't want to have the attitude against God thinking that God's withholding something from me. Listen, it just may not be the right time. It may not be the right moment. The enemy says it's the Lord who made you barren. It's the Lord who hath shut up your womb. Are you going to question God? Are you going to carry that, that, that sorrow, that bitterness, and direct it toward the Lord? But I like this attitude that Hannah took. She didn't return fire. And we don't see in the Scripture that she attacked Penina in any way. She took that anguish, though. She took that sorrow, and she brought it unto the Lord. Now, this is something I never did see before. But the Bible says that Year after year or year by year, she went up to the house of the Lord. Year by year, there was this provoking. Year by year, there was this constant torture, if I could put it that way, from Padina. But her prayer meetings year after year were nothing like the prayer meeting that we see in the Scripture. There was constant provoking. But there wasn't a pouring out until Hannah had enough. Now, if you haven't reached that point, it may be another year. And it may be another year. And it may be another year until you finally reach a point and you say, I have had enough. I've reached the limit. I've had enough of my enemy's attack. 
I've had enough of being overwhelmed with my sorrow. I've had enough of walking around in, a, in, a, in an attitude and an outlook of one who's been forgotten. I've had enough of thinking that God has done me wrong. I've had enough of believing that it's not going to happen. I've had enough of all of this negativity in my life. I'm going to get myself to the house of the Lord and I am going to pour out my heart unto the one who could do something about it. Church, it's time to pour out. There's no sense in waiting. There's no sense in going on. If you reach a point of pouring out, listen, God can do the miraculous. Oh, bless the Lord right now and give him praise. Give him thanks for he is good. Could that provoking agent in your life, (laughs) could it be the very thing that drives you to the point of your destiny, of pouring out unto the Lord? Last Sunday, I told you about that woman with the issue of blood. It was the cause by which she declared to all the people what she went through. She said, this was the cause. This was the reason why I said within myself, if I can just touch the hem, if I could just touch the master, if I could just touch him, the cause for Hannah was simply this. Her enemy kept provoking her. Her enemy kept pushing her. And Hannah said, that's enough. Oh, yeah. You can keep going year by year. But when you had enough and you pour out unto the Lord, when you pour out your complaint before him, that thing that has taken your joy, that thing that has filled you with sorrow, that thing that has stolen your peace, that thing that has stolen your happiness, if you will, it could be the very thing that drives you and I to our miracle. Shake off that fretting and pour out your heart. Hannah had enough of being barren. She had enough of the provoking and the ridicule she had to endure. She made a vow unto the Lord. And a powerful vow she made unto him, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and forget not thine handmaid. Her vow was, Lord, remember me. Don't forget about me as I pour out to you. Let me just tell you what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to give you the promise that you give to me. If you give me a man child, I'm going to give him unto you all the days of his life. There's not a razor that's going to come upon his head. She was so desperate for a miracle from God. She said, God, if you give me my miracle, I'm going to give my miracle back. Back to you for your use. What a powerful, what a powerful example that if we will decide that not only are we going to pour out, but this miracle is not about us. This miracle is not about what we can get. Oh, this, I believe this needs to change a concept in our minds and hearts. The miracle's not what we can get, but the miracle is what we can give. How many of
of you get excited when you get a promotion on the job. And it's not just because you're getting a raise, but it's because you can bless the kingdom even more. Now you could do more for the kingdom. Now you have the ability to bless. Hannah said, I'm going to turn this whole thing around, God. It's not just what I can get up from this thing, but Lord, let me just put him in your hands. Let me return him for your use. When you're at your wit's end, when you're at the bottom of the bottom, when you're at the end of your rope, when you have done all that you know to do, all you need to do is pour out unto the Lord. And when Hannah and I poured out. She got the attention of God. Don't become content in your misery. Don't let the sorrows in your life define you. Don't let it become who you are. Even Eli, the priest, he sees her mouth moving and no words are being uttered out of her mouth. She reached a point of desperation. Eli thinks she's a drunk woman, seeing her lips move, thinking that she's drinking. Are you drunk? Why are you here? Throw away your wine. Here's the man of God. He's insulting her, thinking that she's drunk. (laughs) Isn't it something that Even in the kingdom, even in the church, there are those who should be encouraging you. At times, they're criticizing you. It happens. But listen, this doesn't change Hannah one bit. It doesn't change her one bit. Even he's saying, you're drunk. something's not right, take this out of here. But the man of God didn't understand what she was going through. Listen, she ran out of a point where she didn't have words anymore. And there are times in this life in prayer, you don't know what to pray for. You don't even know what to speak unto God. I know we try to be eloquent. I know we try to be, uh, show God our great wisdom of what we know. But there are times in anguish. There are times in the midst of sorrow. There's times in the midst of pain. There's times when you want to just intercede and you don't know what to do and you just begin to cry out in the spirit. And anguish. Oh, that's why Paul said the spirit knows. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but he said the spirit will make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I believe Hannah was at that point of desperation, not only not, not able to utter words that made sense. Her mouth just moved. She was completely poured out before God. One man said, it's better to pray, or prayer is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Oh, yeah. Eli says, go in peace. The God of Israel grant thee thy petition that you have asked of him. Eli didn't apologize for his behavior. He didn't apologize for his accusation. He didn't, he didn't do anything other than bless her and send her on her way. Eli didn't know what her petition was. He didn't know what she was asking God for, but he blessed her and moved her on. But something happened to Hannah. And if you don't see this, you'll miss the whole point. But when she pours out her heart, she has no angelic visitation. 
She has no word of prophecy from the man of God. She has no word from the Lord. She has nothing saying that God has answered your prayers. She's got nothing that declares to her everything's going to be all right. She's got nothing in the way of a concrete assurance other than her trust in the Lord. That when she reached a point of being empty, when she reached a point of pouring out, she knew that God can't ignore a man or a woman who pours out everything before him. He can, he, listen, you may give a little bit, you may just pour out a little bit, but when you pour out everything, I believe you get the attention of the Almighty God. <laughs> oh, yes. How do I know that? Psalm 142. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. When I poured out, when I was overwhelmed, you knew my path. You knew the way wherein I walked. You know the traps that have been set for me. I looked at my right hand and beheld there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto the Lord. I was brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors for they're stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. Thy righteousness shall compass me about, and thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Even David said at that point when I'm poured out, at that point when I give it everything, you know my path. You know exactly where I am. And there are some in this service this morning, you've allowed those sorrows, you've allowed that anguish to begin to define who you are. It colors everything about you. It colors your speech, your conduct. It, it, everything about you, it begins to show outwardly your sorrow and your pain. Hannah reached a point that said, you know what? Enough is enough, and I'm going to pour out unto the Lord. Even though she had no direct word from God, no prophetic utterance, none of those things, everything changed in Hannah. The Bible says this, that when she left that place, her face, her face was no more sad. I wonder if when we leave this place today, that what was on the outside has been changed after a, a pouring out unto the Lord. That you leave transformed by that pouring out process. There was no longer woe inside of Hannah. It was no longer sorrow for her. It was no longer life isn't fair. It was no longer that perhaps God has forgotten me. This wasn't the old Hannah. This was the new transformed Hannah. And that transformation comes as you pour out unto the Lord. She did two important things as I close this message. She took that bitterness of soul, if you will, that bitterness in her heart. She took it to the Lord. 
She vowed that vow. Lord, remember me. Don't forget me. She submitted herself completely to God. She said, do what you want in my life, God. It's your will. She didn't take that bitterness to anybody else because, listen, nobody else can do anything about it. She took it to the Lord. She rearranged those priorities, and she said, I'm not going to be about me anymore. And I wonder why, if it, if it could be that there are prayers that are not being answered because those prayers are truly all about us. I wonder if we don't receive more prayers because we have forgotten about sacrifice. James said, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Those motives are all wrong. You want only what you want Things that would only give you pleasure. But what about desiring to have those things that you could use it for the kingdom of God? For his glory, for his kingdom, for his benefit. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 1 and 19 that when they rose up early in the morning after Hannah's prayer meeting, they worshiped before the Lord and returned. There came to their house in Ramah and Elkina knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Oh, yeah, I poured out, and I said, God, don't forget me. Remember me, God, as I empty myself out of all that selfishness of the reasons why I want to have a child. I believe that Hannah had the right motive at that time when she poured out and said, you know what, God, if you'll give me this answer... I'll give him to you. What a promise that was already in the heavens for Hannah, waiting for her to pour out. There was a child of promise that would come that would do great things for the nation of Israel. The promise of a man of God like Samuel would come from a woman who's willing to pour out. Why art thou cast down? Oh, my soul. Hannah, as you stand with me this morning, she had praise to give. If I had time, I'd read all of her, her prayer of praise unto the Lord. But I'll just read two verses. She said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies. Why? Because now I've got an answer for my enemies. I've got an answer for the adversary. I've got an answer for that which provokes me. I've got an answer for that which tries to, to instill fear inside of me. I've got an answer for it. The Lord has made me strong. I rejoice because the Lord has rescued me. There's none as holy as the Lord. There's none beside thee. Neither is a rock. There a rock like our God. Would you lift your hands right now all over this place? That's it. Lift your voice right now. Year after year. Oh, yes. 
year after year, year after year provoking, year after year the pressure's there, year after year reminder, year after year the enemy's telling you that, that it's not enough, what you're doing's not good enough, you're, you're not good enough, you're, you're, your performance isn't good enough, your, your behavior isn't good enough, your dedication's not where it needs to be, you're not, you're not as good as somebody else, you, you, you can't do what anybody else does, you're not going to receive what the Lord has promised you, the enemy provokes your heart and provokes your mind, the feet that God has forgotten you. Hear this word this morning that God has not forgotten you. I say, lift your voice right now. Lift your voice unto the Lord. Call upon his name right now. He reached a point where you've had enough. I've had enough, Lord. I've had enough, Lord God, of, 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 of hearing what the adversary has to say. I, I've had enough, Lord God, of holding all this inside of me. It's destroying me, Lord. It's destroying me, Lord, from the inside out. Lord, let me pour it out unto you right now. In the name of Jesus, I pour out my heart. I pour out my complaint. I pour out, Lord God, of my pain upon you right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's it. There's a moving of the Holy Ghost in this place right now. There's a moving of the Holy Ghost in this place right now. You can leave lifted. You can leave encouraged. You can leave no more sad. You can leave changed. You can leave with everything about you changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Empty it out. Empty your heart. Empty it out unto the Lord right now. Pour out your heart before the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Come on, there's some prayers that you've been praying. There's answers that are coming, but you've got to reach a point where enough's enough. Enough is enough. I'm going to pour out before you, Lord. You are faithful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to invite you to come. There are a couple I know here this morning that the Lord has shown me while I was preaching that you just need to pour out this morning. As you continue to worship unto the Lord, would you just take a step of faith and come down to the front? We've got plenty of room this morning, plenty of space, and let pastor lay his hands upon you and pray that the Lord will release you, that the Lord would have his way. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.